0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: Duval! Duval. I'm doing it again. I'm going to lead the show with your crew because you now have a brand new head coach. Duval! Duval. Are you ready for your new coach? Because it is none other than... Dog! Peterson. Doug. Hell yeah, you got your guy. You know what that means. Time to Crisco up the light poles. Get some horse crap in the streets because folks are going to be climbing those poles and smashing horse crap sandos to celebrate that enormous move. Remember that? That all went down under this guy's watch. And now he's going to bring that to your town, Duval? Because when Dougie P comes to your town, two things are guaranteed: Poles will be criscoed and climbed, and horse crap, Sandoz will be murdered. Yeah, except in this case. Because you know what? Really, nobody is excited about this hire, except for maybe Doug himself. And according to Albert Breer, a few days back, he had his own reservations about the Jags' organizational structure. Even this guy did. Even this guy, who seemingly was not getting any attention or any run from anybody who mattered, even he had concerns. But I'm not here to hate. You know me. I'm not here to be negative. I'm here to be the horse crap, Sando half-eaten. Or the glass half-full. The Jags did just hire a guy who won a Super Bowl. Not only did he win a Super Bowl, but with all due respect to Nick Foles, he beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with Nick Foles and he got a statue out of it. Anybody remember the Philly special? Here we go. This could decide the game. Fourth and goal. And they're going to snap it.
2: touchdown how do you figure what a play
3: call by Doug Peterson this play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats
1: pretty sick right I mean how great would it be to have that go down in Duval yeah actually sorry about that Duval hey listen you know I love you nobody reps the Jags harder nationally than I do that's just a fact that's not even open to debate. We know this to be true. However, it is really, really tough, even for me, to get hyped about this move. That's also a fact. In, in fact, it's a fact. It's impossible to get hyped on this move. Honestly, besides Doug and his family, who really gives a damn about this move? Yes, I know Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and he is credited with the development of Carson Wentz. But given how Carson Wentz looks these days, I'm not sure I want to hang my hat on that one. Not any longer. And given the reports last year that he went 8 to 10 weeks without talking to Wentz at one point, are you still sure that he's the guy? All right? Have we already forgotten when he gave Nate Sudfeld some charity reps in a one-score game? Remember when he treated an NFL game like it was senior night? How weird was that? Remember when, quote, two defensive players had to be held back from approaching Peterson? Have we forgotten that? That's the guy you hired. So would you like to have the guy who turned Carson Wentz into an MVP candidate developing Trevor Lawrence? Of course, but not if it means that he turns him into the Carson Wentz of right now. Like, I'm not sure how much of Wentz's collapse is about Wentz and how much of that is about Doug Peterson. But if you're asking me who I'd rather have running the show, I'm going to say Byron Lefwich. I am. And I'm going to say Lefwich 11 times out of 10. Now, I'm not saying that Byron Lefwich is a lock to be the next Bill Belichick. But here's what I am saying about him. He played in Jacksonville. Fans love him, Bruce Arians loves him, he won a Super Bowl, and he spent the last couple of years with Tom Brady. That's a guy who would've got that fan base fired up. Instead, you get Doug Peterson. And I'm guessing that's gonna go over like the former mayor of L.A. trying to get the crowd all fired up.
3: Please welcome Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa.
1: Who says L.A. doesn't love soccer? Uh, Do we love David Beckham? Oh, come on. Do we love David Beckham? Ah, come on. Oh, come on. Do we love Doug Peterson? Uh, Ah, come come on, on, man. Come on. He won a Super Bowl. Come on. Jeez, help me out. I'm dying here, man. Oh, come on. Do we love horse crap sandals? Oh, come, on, come on, man. You hang me out like that. Oh. Come on. Oh, come You're on. You're killing me. Come on, oh, come man. Come on. Come on. Is this thing on? You know I am the mayor, right? Come on, oh, man. Oh, come on. A little love here for A.V. Come on. Oh, come on. Dopes. Anyway, by all accounts, the Jags could have had Witch. and it was sitting right there for him, but Witch, and believe me, far from the only guy to want this, but he wanted Trent Balky out. Just like a huge chunk of the fan base wants Balky out. Just like the most important Jags fan ever, the queen, wants Balky out. <laughs> if hiring Witch meant that you had to fire Balky, then you fire Balky. And I don't even care that Leftwich has never been a head coach before, because Leftwich would have made that organization better before he coached a single game. Also a fact. But instead, the Jaguars choose Balky over Leftwich, and then they settle for Doug Peterson for reasons that nobody can really explain. The hell is it with Shad Khan and Trent Balky anyway? The guy has not had a winning season in his last four years as GM. He and Jim Harbaugh did not see eye-to-eye eye in Frisco, which is understandable. But then he hired Jim Tom Sula, which is not understandable. In fact, that's inexplicable. I would not say that. I wouldn't
2: say that. I wouldn't say that, that say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not, would not say that. Say that, really, that Tom? Say I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. Or Jim? I would not say it. Or Tom? I wouldn't
1: say it either. Or whoever the hell you are?
2: I wouldn't say it either. I wouldn't say it Hey, and by the way,
1: what did Balky do after that? You want to talk about inexplicable? You want to talk about inexcusable? He hired Urban Meyer. Let me repeat that. He hired Pervin Lyre. Heartbreaking. Hey, happy hump day. A retro, a retro happy hump day. Or a future happy hump day, Perv. That was devastating. Let me repeat that. The guy who hired the worst NFL head coach ever. A guy so horrible, he lasted only 13 games, which, by the way, was nine games too many. How does the guy who hired Urban Meyer still have a job? Somebody explain that to me. And worse yet, how do you build your entire organization around the guy who hired Urban Meyer? I'll tell you what, that is some amazing loyalty to a guy who generally has been terrible at his gig for years, and that nobody around the league really likes or respects. And by the way, pretty awesome look for the NFL to be facing a lawsuit for racial discrimination in the hiring of head coaches and then watch the first six jobs go to white guys. Yep, that's all working out great. Nothing says diversity is core to everything we do, end to quote. Like Doug Peterson and a slew of white coordinators getting gigs, while black coordinators with Super Bowl rings and great resumes get nothing. So, am I saying that Leftwich is guaranteed to be a great head coach? No, because nobody is. But let's not act like Doug Peterson is either. And by the way, if Peterson is such a lock to succeed, and that's the guy, what took them so long to hire him? He interviewed with the team like five weeks ago. So if they liked him so much, why did they not pull the trigger then? Why would you wait more than a month to hire a guy that you first spoke to? Yeah, that's how you know it's a great hire. That's how you know everybody was so hyped on the impression he made. They spoke to him, and then they iced him for five weeks. Because that makes so much sense. And so what happened during that time? They made a run at witch. And then ultimately got rejected by him. And then, and then, completely butchered the opportunity to even interview Kevin O'Connell by reportedly not getting their timing right on the scheduling. Oh, and then the other candidates reportedly were turned off by Balky's presence. Again, bottom line, if you cannot get access to a full pool of candidates when you've got Trent Balky as your GM, when people are saying, no, we don't even want to talk to you while well, that guy's your GM, then why is that that guy your GM? That's what's so crazy about the Jag search. They had more time to get out in front of it than everybody else because they made the worst hire ever and fired their coach first. So they get a head start and they still face plant and then they never get up. So let me ask you this, Javil. Did you get the best guy for the job, or did you get the first guy who actually said yes to the job? Because it sure feels like you pulled Doug Peterson out of the leftover bin. So, you can convince yourself that that's a good hire, but if you have to convince yourself, then you already know it's not. Why the hell are you picking a GM who's not good at his job, that so few people like, and want to work with over potentially the best possible head coach that you can get. And again, just being the guy who hired Pervin Lyre is grounds for firing. So how the hell does this guy still have a job? And what the hell is the owner thinking in keeping this guy around and picking him over the best potential coach you can get? Come on! Come on! Oh, come on! Come on. Oh, come on. What's up? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm the mayor. Oh, come on. Big game's coming up, right? Omaha Steaks has got the perfect package to save you over 50%. Now, I've been an enormous fan for years. I mean, literally four years of Omaha Steaks. They make it easy to enjoy an unforgettable game day meal to be loved and shared. And for a limited time, Omaha Steaks is offering a special touchdown game day package. Visit OmahaSteaks.com. Type in the keyword gym. That's a little bit different now. Keyword gym. In the search bar and take advantage of this exclusive offer. Are you looking for more? Omaha Steaks makes it easy to warm up your winter with 50% off lean tender steaks and hearty home cooked favorites. Visit OmahaSteaks.com, enter Jim in the search bar, and order the Heartland Favorites package. You will save over 50%. Plus, you'll get four lean pork chops and four extra juicy chicken breasts every single time. Every order is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee delivered safely to your doorstep. Omaha Steaks. Nobody comes close to matching their flavor, tenderness, and value. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword Jim. Matt Gay is my guest. Matt, great to have you on. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, Jim. How are you? Good, dude. Good. So you're about a week away from playing in the Super Bowl at home. I understand the goal is, Matt, to try to treat this like any other football game. But how does it feel to know that you are playing in the Super Bowl a week from right now that your next game is, in fact, the Super Bowl?
3: It's awesome. I mean, I think it's is something you, know, you set forth and you just try to take it one game at a time and you keep stacking those games throughout the year as a team and just knowing that as a team, you know, everyone's done their part to help us get there and uh, you can let it all hang out. This is the last game.
1: All right, so the fact of the matter is, Matt, you are a big reason why the team is where it is right now. You had three huge kicks in the last two games. Take me back to Tampa. What was going through your mind when the team got the ball back with 42 seconds left in a tied game?
3: Uh, just get me down there. Just get me down there, give me a shot. Um I was confident in uh my ability. Uh, I'm confident in the team's ability. So the thought was just, you know, get me down there in range and you know, I'll go out and uh take care of what I can what I can control. And so just being able to stay completely in the moment and focus and lock in on what, what my job was and be able to split the uprights was a huge plus for the team, and a huge win
1: for us. Matt Gay joining us, and then, of course, Matt Stafford hit Cooper Cup on that bomb, and suddenly it's a sprint down the field. Despite it, they bring you on. You kind of laid it out, like the mindset before something like that. Is there anything else to that, like, in that very moment, knowing what's riding on that kick, and you have a process, and you're locked in, specifically, exactly what's going through your mind in those seconds before you swing your leg? Uh,
3: nothing. Nothing. Just trying to be, you know, locked into my process, taking my steps, the same as I would always take them, you know, same exact tempo, same exact rhythm. Um, Trying to keep a clear mind and uh, just go out there and and swing. Uh, Let the body do what it knows how to do and just be, you know, hyper-focused to your process and what you're doing in that moment and just be able to take a deep breath, clear the mind, and, and just let the body react.
1: Matt Gay joining us. You know, I'm thinking back also to the regular season against the Vikings. You broke out a drop kick on a kickoff. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> what was the thinking behind that? And then how good did it show or feel to show that you had that weapon in the toolbox, too?
3: That's awesome. I and mean, it's something that, you know, you figure out as you're playing around at practice. You know, you're trying different things that, hey, you know, this is this is something that we could potentially use and you keep practicing to get better at it and being able to, it's one thing to do in practice and have a call in practice, but to actually get the opportunity to, to do it in the game, I mean, that tells me that, you know, my coaches had confidence in me to, to go out there and do something that I haven't done before. And I thought it showed really, really well. I mean, I was able to hit a good high hang time ball on a, a penalty. I moved this up to the 50 on the kickoff. Um, that's something that you can get a little extra hang time on that kick. And uh, there's kind of lower risk because um, it goes out of bounds or whatever that is. It's, it's still put at the 25 um, with the rules on that. Um, and uh, was able to hit it, pin him in the corner, and we were able to, I think, down him inside like the 10 on that one. So it was, it was awesome for our team to it, be able to pin him beat.
1: It's nice to have that club in the bag, for sure. Matt Gay joining us. In fact, there might not be another kicker right now. There might not be another player, dude, with a stronger shoe game than you right about now. You show <laughs> up to the stadium with some pretty sharp sneaks every single week. How did you first get into that, and what's your favorite pair if you had to pick one? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I think that just started growing up playing soccer. Um, I was always, like, a cleat fiend, and I just, like, loved having cleats, loved had like, the bright, you know, standout cleats. And I think that's a soccer player thing. I think those guys, like most soccer players that I know, like the, the brighter cleats. And um, I just kind of got this habit of, like, collecting cleats and having a lot of cleats. And it translated into, you know, shoes as I got into college and got into the NFL and – um, I think like that's like, you know, I, I don't dress too crazy with like the other parts of the clothes, but the shoes is kind of where I kind of let my personality, or whatever, come through. And I think my favorite all-time pair is um, the Ben and Jerry Chunky Dunkies, uh, <laughs> right. the Dunk lows, um, and then maybe the Travis Scott, the Fragment lows. The, those two right now are probably, but those Chunky Dunkies are a shoe that I wanted for a really, really long time. And uh, was able to finally uh, get him this year and pull the trigger on him. So,
1: are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family owned business that takes smoked beef very seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Who wants dried? Tough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. For those of you who like to take things up a notch, next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? We're talking to Matt Gay. So you mentioned playing soccer in college. The story goes that your soccer coach at Utah Valley used to tell you you were going to end up as an NFL kicker. What did you think when he first said that? I mean, did you take him seriously? Did you think that that was going to happen?
3: Well, it was something that, like, all through high school, um, playing soccer, I was kind of known as a kid who had a stronger leg and, you know, could, could hit a ball pretty hard and, um I had friends and family and stuff. that would always tell me like, Hey, you should, you should kick, you know, you should go out there and kick. Um, So the thought just kind of always was there and I would watch guys like, Hey, I could do that. You know, I think, I think I could do that. I'd be pretty good at it. Um So when the time came when I was playing college soccer, that I kind of made the decision went and told him, I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to try and kick football. So he was nothing but supportive of it. You know, I think soccer wasn't going as well for me at the time. And so it was kind of a, Decision like hey this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna step away I'm gonna go pursue this and he was supportive he was like you know what I you know I think you're gonna be amazing at it and you're gonna be great at it um, and then it was just from there putting in the time and the work to you know go and learn a, a new craft and trying to change some things I mean the 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 leg swing is there but there's definitely definitely some different techniques that come into play of a soccer ball to a football so. For the time and effort there, but he was uh, nothing but supportive. And here you are,
1: and then you finally get a chance to play at Utah. You go 14-14 in your first year, so you know you've got something there. I'm curious, Matt, from the perspective of you're going to kick at home, how much of an advantage is there in kicking at home in the Super Bowl and not having to worry about having to prepare for things that are unfamiliar? I mean, does it take some of the guesswork out of the prep?
3: Um, no.
1: I mean, I think... I mean, as, as you're going into this
3: different stadiums, you know kind of what what to expect. and You can kind of mentally prepare for certain things, and I don't think um, that really comes into play. It's nice that SoFi is, you know, you're familiar with um, the lighting and how things are. I mean, that's definitely an advantage there, I think, being able to, to be in your home stadium, somewhere you've kicked a lot and you're comfortable with for sure. Um, that's definitely, a, I mean, a place that I've kicked multiple times um, as opposed to going somewhere you've never kicked at. Uh, definitely, definitely a bonus there. Um, but it's still the same prep, same mental thing of, you know, one kick at a time. And it doesn't matter where you are, if you're in SoFi or you're we're in Cincinnati. I mean, it's just one kick at a time, and just trying to, you know, trust your, trust your swing and hit a, hit a confident
1: ball. All right, so finally, if visualization is a really important part of your game and your preparation, have you allowed yourself to picture yourself coming onto the field to kick the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl, and any idea what that might feel like? I
3: mean, yeah, I think that's something as a kid. I mean, I mean, I didn't play football as a kid, but you envision yourself in these, these moments, um, hitting a game-winning penalty kick or scoring a game-winning goal or um, making a game-winning field goal. And so that's something as a kid that the moments you dream about, and that, that kind of comes into play when you're visual, visualizing things and seeing yourself um, be successful over and over again on those things. Um, but it's also not trying to get too carried away and make sure you're staying in the moment, make sure you're staying present, not just visualizing that kick, but visualizing every kick, visualizing a PAT in the first quarter and visualizing kickoffs and um, just you know being able to visualize these things and just see yourself being successful at it over and over again in your mind definitely helps and it's, it's it's not just a big one it's it's every single kick so being able to visualize the whole process the whole day um is something that is key i think for me
1: okay see I, I, before you go just let me pick up on that it's not like you start to walk through the process as you're kicking into the net It start it's the entire day right is your process starting from the second you wake up that morning
3: yeah, you have different rhythm. I mean there's game days or different routines, right? I mean, you play earlier in the day or you play later in the day, so there's different things but I mean being as consistent as you can, I mean, once you get to the stadium or a routine that you have when you go to bed or certain things like that, just being consistent with your whole process and make sure that you go through, you know the mo uh not just going through the motions of what you do, but being, you know, consistent and saying Present where your feet are planted throughout the whole thing, not getting carried away, not looking too far ahead, and just staying in the moment. And also just being able to, you know, be able to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, say like adaptable. I don't know if do that's you. Sure. Um, being able to, I mean, because things aren't always going to go your way. I mean, there's going to be things that, you know, sometimes things might not go your way. Yeah, Some might happen in warm-up. You might be missing flexible. You know, this. Or,
1: flexible, yeah. man. Flexible. Adapt. Evolve. Be flexible. I got you. I see it. Hey, you want a new podcast to look forward to every single week? One that's entertaining, informative, and packed with actionable content? Of course you do. The average podcast listener has six shows in rotation, so you're most likely not just listening to the Daily Jungle, and that's totally fine. In fact, let me suggest a podcast that you should add to your list. It's the jordan harbinger show a top shelf podcast named best of apple in 2018 jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people from athletes authors and scientists to mobsters spies hostage negotiators and more jordan is one of the goats when it comes to podcasting and he has got one of the most highly rated self-development shows out there right now Point blank. This dude is smart. He's funny. He is easy to listen to. You will find actionable advice that can improve your life directly. You cannot go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It is incredibly interesting. There is never a dull show. Search for the Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I do want to take a second and throw a birthday shout out to somebody pretty critical to this program, somebody who's got history with the program, a person whose voice can be heard quite often on this program, somebody who I always admired greatly as an athlete, somebody that I used to like to interview in quite a bit on this show, the man who gave us this.
2: He looks like a D'Adonis.
1: The very least that I could do for my dude, the legend. Oscar De La Hoya is wish him a very, very happy 49th birthday. Well, that's something. Oscar's 49. The thing is, nobody really needs to wish him a happy anything. Because if you've seen his birthday photo shoot, you already know. You don't need to wish this guy a happy birthday. Because when you wish somebody a happy birthday, in effect, what you're saying is have a happy birthday i hope your birthday is happy oh no if you've seen the birthday shoot you already know he doesn't need your wish my man's having a really happy birthday a really really happy birthday befitting of a dadonis he looks like a dadontist. quick disclaimer here before i go any further. If you're not interested in seeing a 49-year-old man with no pants on, do not Google search De La Hoya birthday. Don't do it today. Don't do it ever. Because if you do do that, you're going to see that photo shoot. A pantsless photo shoot. I'm warning you right now. You're going to end up seeing tidy whiteies. You're going to see a banana hammock. You're going to see Oscar rocking the full-on Donald Duck look. And you're going to see something that's not a birthday, but a bulge day. You're also going to see the most awkward attempt at eating birthday cake ever. Him being fed his cake by his girlfriend, Holly Saunders, who also is not wearing all that much. Now, the last part of that may sound interesting to some of you, but once again, I'm telling you, once you see that
2: Dadawness
1: celebrating his bulge day, it's not something you can really unsee. Now, I would put the pick up on CBS Sports Network, but A, I like working here, and B, we'd have to pretty much bulge out, blur out the entire thing. Luckily, I do know somebody who could describe this photo shoot better than I could ever describe the photo shoot.
2: Look at, look at—he looks like a Adonis He looks like—he looks beautiful. He looks in shape. That's the way he's got. Move side you. to side. Move the head. Move the head side to side. Don't smother yourself. Keep your distance. Keep your distance. Throw your punches long, and you can take down the USA.
1: <laughs> I got to admit, man, this dude. I mean, this dude's not wrong, right? I mean, he he looks all right for a middle-aged dude. I mean, I'm sure he is okay, I guess. Or I'm not sure he's okay, actually. Look, I'm no medical professional, but I don't think that I need to be one to diagnose this cat. And my diagnosis of this cat is that he's a complete bleep show. A birthday shoot. Have you seen this birthday shoot? And how did the pictures of the birthday shoot get released to TMZ? I don't know. At least dude's got his shirt on. At least he was not the one in lingerie this time. At least he didn't make us look at his washboard abs. You can
2: wash your clothes on my abs right now. Hey, I was already going to do a laundry. I was going to do a load right there. All right, Oscar, your prediction for July 3rd. How's it going down? No matter who you pick, what's the prediction? I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I will fight till the end. I will bleed till the end. And I will go down till the end.
1: That's a given. Pretty clear how this dude gets down. Which is probably why a tidy, whitey photo shoot Is not the only thing he's in the news for this week, and it's not. And
2: I will go down till the end.
1: Even more shocking, Oscar wants to get back in the ring because, of course, he does. Not only does he want to get back in the ring, he wants to get back in the ring and have another fight with Floyd Mayweather because, of course, Floyd does too. A fight that he says 5 million people would buy. Oscar says that. 5 million people. A fight that he says would get more attention than Mayweather, McGregor, too. Five million or five dozen. Five million or five. Five million or nobody. Dude, I say this to somebody that always admired you as a fighter. Even as a promoter for a while. And as somebody who would come on this program. Dude, nobody wanted to see or even asked for your birthday porn shoot. Nobody and even fewer people than nobody want to see or get gouged for you stepping between the ropes to fight anybody ever again. Nobody anywhere is asking for that to Have you forgotten what happened the last time you fought? Have you forgotten how long it's been since you fought? I haven't. 2008. And Alvin's legend and hero, Manny Pacquiao, broke your face.
0: And look at Manny. Look at the amount of punches he's throwing
1: there. And the power.
3: Here's a guy that's come up from 106, and he's a legitimate welterweight power puncher here.
2: The corner.
1: Of Alvin was ringside to see running his running. idol break now, like Oscar's face.
3: And look at this guy go. Dan Ahoy is in trouble.
1: He can't get off these ropes here. Nothing get is that working b- Nothing. B- yeah. Manny's punishing him right now. Oscar's heels hey, Alvin, you know there is no cheering ringside. There is no cheering in the press box, Alvin. Alvin's like, get that bleep out of here. Adonis. Get that, that, he on like anyway, anyway, that was the last time that Oscar fought Oh wait. And if that's what that sounded like then, that was the sound of him getting his face broken and his head caved in by Manny Pacquiao. Fast forward 14 years, and now this guy wants us to believe that we're interested in seeing him fight again and that we would pay for that? Right, dude. And I wants a private jet. And Alvin wants to be less potent. And Chalk wants new hairline. And Rit wants any hair at all. Look, dude, terrible idea. <laughs> it's a terrible idea, obviously. It's a stunt, obviously. It's a cash grab, obviously. But then again, my man Oscar is not afraid of terrible ideas, Right. Like putting out the pantsless hammer. Those picks. Hell, even Brad in Corona would blush over that. Oscar might be delusional, but there are a lot of people who have a lot worse of a life than that dude. I mean, the Champs lived a good life, right? Apparently, he's still living a good life. And you know he's living a good life because he celebrated his 49th birthday by breaking out. The tidy whities the bulge, he got face cake, or cake hammered into his face, released the pics, and had himself a day. I would ask my guy Dana White what he thinks of Oscar's birthday porn shoot, but I think that Dana already knows.
0: cokehead nutball. Well,
1: I think I already know what Dana thinks. What else, Dana?
2: Oscar de la weirdo.
1: Dana. My first in studio guest in nearly two years, Dana White. Dana, you good? Oscar De La Dummy. De La Cokehead. De La Dummy.
0: Cokehead nutball.
1: De la nutball.
0: Oscar De La Weirdo.
1: De la Weirdo.
0: Oscar De La Dummy.
1: Cocaine isn't cheap. It's expensive. Gotta make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep wow i
2: don't care who it is i will fight till the end i will bleed till the end and i will go down till the end
1: my man you know why that is if you go down it is the end
2: and i will go down till the end
1: yeah because if you go down it is the end Never bet alone ever again. You can join in on the action by downloading WinBet today and become a part of the newest sports betting app on the market. That's right, WinBet. The luxury hoteliers are now in the digital betting space and they're offering that same five-star service that you're used to from Win Resorts, all in the form of a sports book and digital casino app. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From football, basketball, hockey, golf, tennis, and more, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up right now. Receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet win download the win bet app right now or visit w y n n bet.com and start winning terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available if you were somebody you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 you know he is vincent goodwill vincent what's going on my man how are you I'm doing good, Jim. How about you? Good, dude, good. Great to have you back. Thanks so much. Let me start with the Clippers and the Lakers. The Clippers beat the Lakers last night. Vincent, without Kawhi and without Paul George, obviously the Lakers were a mess this year. But what's it tell you about Ty Lue as a head coach that the Clippers are two and a half games up on the Lakers despite missing two of their biggest pieces?
0: It says to me that Ty Lue is probably the best coach in basketball. Dude. Like, if, if you didn't think so beforehand, like I thought last year – in the playoffs, what he did against Utah, scheming Rudy Gobert out of that series that helped him come back after Kawhi Leonard went down with that ACL injury, I thought that was pretty masterful. And the fact that he's doing this now with virtually no stars, no even top half at their position players, like Reggie Jackson being their best player at this point, and he's not a top 15 point guard, but they're putting it all together because they're out scheming you, they're being out motivated, they're doing everything better than you in ways that you shouldn't be doing. like I think that's literally speaking to Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue and Eric Spoelstra are the two best coaches in the basketball. Like You know the old bum, Phillips saying they can take theirs and beat yours and take yours and beat theirs? That's those two guys, and I think Ty Lue was excellent. It's about time he gets his flowers.
1: Vincent Goodwill joining us. Listen, I love Ty Lue. I've always thought that Ty Lue deserved a lot more credit than he's getting, but you think pound for pound, nobody is doing a better job. There's not a better coach in the NBA right now than Ty Lue? Nope not steve kerr not greg popovich not
0: your your favorite favorite is tyloo trust me i'm I'm, i know what i'm saying i'm not talking about resume i'm not talking about rings i'm talking about on a night-to-night basis what he does strategically what he does as far as game plans and you can see it like this clippers team this clippers team they don't have anybody spectacular there they've been shuffling guys in and out with that lineup and like you said two games better than a LeBron James Anthony Davis team that yeah they've had their issues and everything else but you can't tell me that if Ty Lu was coaching that team that they wouldn't look better
1: Vincent Goodwill is joining us alright so what about that team right you've got the Lakers the trade deadline's coming up Laker fans are hoping for some miraculous move that's going to turn this team around does such a move exist or is this essentially who these guys are?
0: Look normally we wouldn't be saying such a thing, right, because LeBron James is great in this. We've seen him carry star-studded teams to the finals, and we've seen him carry the stuff from Sanford and Sons' junkyard to the to the <laughs> NBA finals, right. and this year ain't it, right? I don't think there's a move out there that they could make. They made their moves in the offseason. When you go and you, you give up Kuzma and caldwell Pope and Montrez Harrell, like, you don't have a treasure trove uh assets and when you're going all in to win a title that means you're going all in on veterans that means you don't have young players that's just sitting there waiting and if your best you know option is a taylor horton tucker who's a nice player but that's not going to be somebody that gets anyone excited to give up their veteran and potentially you giving up another draft pick to do it i just don't see a move on the horizon they're going to have to figure it out and maybe jim they just won't
1: no, maybe they won't, and probably they won't, and especially if Anthony Davis isn't right. For instance, Vincent, how much of the season is riding on Anthony Davis, and do you expect him to deliver on that?
0: Anthony Davis, if, if he's not willing to be a top-five player in basketball, this Lakers team has no chance of advancing beyond the first round. Like LeBron James, as great as he is, he should not be this dependent upon every night to be great for the Lakers team to have their head above water. Anthony Davis, from a talent standpoint, should be just as impactful as Joel Embiid, just as impactful as Giannis. But from a night-to-night basis, it seems like when he's out there, he doesn't want to be that. He doesn't have that extra oomph in him. That's why a lot of people, Jim, a lot of people were really surprised that he made that all-time 75 list because they hadn't seen it. They hadn't seen him carry a franchise. They hadn't seen him be willing to exert his stamp on the game every single night and he still hasn't done it on a team that is begging for him to do it in part because he can't stay on the
1: floor. I was going to say in part because he can't stay on the floor, but what's the other part? Like why does he not have that it, that killer instinct, whatever it is you're suggesting that we know that guys have to have, that the very best have, why does he not have it? Does he just not want it in your opinion? I don't know
0: if he doesn't have it. It's just that how often do you display it? And to me, from a talent standpoint, you know, just historically, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, he's a hybrid of both. And, yeah, Kevin Garnett did a lot of barking and a lot of that was performative and everything else. But Tim Duncan wasn't that barking loud dude. He was just a dude that brought it every night. You weren't going to move him physically. You weren't going to move him, you know, mentally and everything else. And Anthony Davis seems like a dude – that just drifts a bit, that that he's sort of hesitant, that he's okay with just drifting and and not necessarily putting his stamp on the game. I'll say this to you, Jim. That thing that we saw in the bubble where he was the best outside shooter he's been for his entire career where he shot, you know, whatever it was, 50% outside of 16 feet, we haven't seen that dude since. And when you're not that guy, that means you you pack your big behind in the paint and you dominate there. He hasn't done that. And I don't know, maybe that's a physical thing as far as him not wanting to be hurt because whenever he takes too much, he winds up getting hurt and he's trying to conserve his body because he's a little more fragile than most seven-footers because he's just awkwardly built. And that's probably no fault of his own, but he does have to manage that. And maybe it's just the wrong place, wrong time, right player situation.
1: talking to Vincent Goodwill. I like that. Vincent Goodwill joining us on the program. Let me ask you something. If you were to hit, I'm changing up on you now. If you were to hit Steve Nash... With some truth serum, how do you think he feels about Kyrie only playing in road games?
0: This dude is trying to cost me my job before I get a chance to get a resume. That's what he's saying to himself. Does Kyrie, does Kyrie just not like me? Is that, that's what he's probably thinking about Kyrie at this point. And to be perfectly honest with you guys, I totally, while I totally understand that the Nets would say, okay, we're going to bring Kyrie Irving back because we need him, it seems like it's doing far more harm than good because when you got a guy like James Harden, who we know is not happy with the situation, and he's looking at it like, you know what, this is what it could be when Kyrie's here, but he's not going to be here, and he doesn't want to do what it takes, even just from a team standpoint, to you know, get vaccinated because of the New York City mandate and everything else. Like, how can we win here? And if you're Steve Nash, you're even more frustrated because Steve Nash was the ultimate team guy when he was especially when he was in phoenix and he really got it going he really probably doesn't understand from a coaching standpoint why kyrie isn't doing this you're going to be as supportive as you can publicly and that's i guess the way that you should be you don't want to throw a player like that under the bus because we know kyrie can go left when everybody's going right so they're doing and managing it the best way they can but i wonder at some point do they say hey you know what this just isn't working and the best way for us to do this is to develop some day-to-day continuity. So if Kyrie, if you're not going to be around day-to-day, you can't be around.
1: Hmm. Vincent Goodwill is joining us. Then you got reports that James Harden would like to get out of Brooklyn, coupled with reports that Philadelphia would be interested in him. Could you see a Ben Simmons for Harden trade happening at some some point?
0: I mean, I'm sure that uh, Sean Marks has a Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey for James Harden deal on his table right now that he's just not entertaining. So could I see that happen after the season? Absolutely. Because at some point you're going to have to move on from Ben Simmons. And if James Harden is as unhappy as people are saying that he is, and I am under no delusion that he is happy with that situation. Absolutely. That's probably the best player for either side that you could get back in a trade like James Harden. I think is starting to decline in his career, I and mean, he's going to want to get paid. And he's going to want to have a long-term contract that he can sort of ride out as, a ga- as his game goes down. So, yeah, why not hook up with Daryl Morey and play secondary to Joel Embiid? And if you're Ben Simmons, while I'd much rather Ben Simmons be in a quieter situation and not New York, that might be the best place that he can go to given the circumstances, because Daryl Morey's not going to trade him for spare parts if he feels like he can get him for James
1: Harden. Vincent Goodwill, my guest. All right, so I can go any number of ways with that, but let me ask you this because you mentioned Joel Embiid. What do you make of how Joel has played this year without Simmons?
0: I think if there's one winner in this whole Ben Simmons-Daryl uh, Morey thing, it's probably Joel Embiid right. because I didn't think that he could play better than he played last year, and he, the only reason I didn't vote for him for MVP was because he wasn't available for enough games. And this year, he's like, I'm going to step it up another notch. I'm playing even harder. I'm carrying this team. On my back, and you look up in the 76ers, even though they have some weird losses, they're right in the thick of things in a better Eastern Conference. If they had someone like a Ben Simmons, I could see picking them to go to the NBA Finals. And trust me, that is not something I would want to do. But Joel Embiid, at this point, might very well be the MVP and would very well be the single reason why you would pick them to get through the East.
1: I agree with you. I love what he's doing. I love the way he's playing. Now, before I let you go, you wrote about something that has bothered me as well lately, and I'm glad that you did. Ejections in the NBA. How big of an issue is this, and then where does the problem lie? Is it with the players, or is it with the refs?
0: It's with the refs. And I'm not a you know pro player in a traditional kind of way. You know, employee, employer type of thing. But when you look at the league and you know how the league wants to promote their stars, and, and the league often promotes emotion. But you can't have emotion if players, even in the standpoint of competition, of getting in another guy's face, even if it's in the, like a fun and games light kind of way, but just letting them know, hey, I just got you on one, whether I blocked your shot or I dunked on you, something that'll be used in an NBA promotional video over the summer, but you wind up getting a technical for it. Like the NBA's biggest problem is this. They are afraid of anything turning into the malice at the palace because, God forbid, some black guys start fighting. We know how often that happens and how much white America doesn't like black dudes fighting, even though we rarely actually see it. So they want to have their officials be in control of anything that can escalate to that, even though we've never really seen anything escalate to that since 2004. They kind of need to let that memory go and let Adults be adults. And sometimes, yeah, it does go overboard. But usually when guys get one technical, unless they're outright insane and losing it, they're not going to do anything to get the second technical. But you can't legislate emotion out of the game, especially when fans believe that players aren't as invested on a night-to-night basis anyway. And once they do get invested and they start showing a little bit of X, they start growling a little bit, they get technicals and thrown out of the game. Who wants to see that? Not even the other team wants to see that.
1: I was going to say, I mean, seriously, how reasonable a concern is this? It happened once, and it happened 20 years ago.
0: Jim, I'm of the mind of I was in college when that happened, and it was, a, it was the one time that something like that could happen. Fan throws something at player. Player happens to be borderline insane around our test, There's very little security, by the way. Like all of those things, it was the perfect storm. And I guarantee you, Jim, something like that is not going to happen again. Why? Because players like their money too much. They know that they can't go into the stands and do anything crazy. And I've seen fans say some crazy stuff to players, and the players will point to the refs, get them thrown out, and they would very much like to punch these dudes in the face. But they're not trying to lose out on money. So trust me, if you want to treat these players like adults and not like children, they're not in college or in high school, like you've got to give people the benefit of the doubt and unfortunately, the NBA has told its referees: in any case where you're not sure how it's going to go, kick you him do out. A double technical.
1: He covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. He did cover the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. He covered the Pistons for the Detroit News. He is still the pride of the D of the D and a good friend of the program. Vincent Goodwill showing up the way he always does on this show. I appreciate you, my dude. Thank you very much, Vincent.
0: Always, Jim. appreciate it, man. You're the best.
1: I bet he has. Alvy, we gotta get to your thing. Go ahead. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. I am Jim Rome. I am back in California. Alright, it's gonna be one of those days, right? You gotta understand. I was in KC like, what, five minutes ago? The Hall
2: of Famer himself, Jim Rome.
1: Hey Jim. I'm back in Cali. I want to begin this show and this week by talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm gonna do it with three simple words. Patrick Mahomes choked. Uh, but- yeah! Deflected and intercepted nice. by Von Bell. This guy's on pace to be a legendary quarterback. That's still true. But he did choke the hell out of that game. How else would you describe what they did? What I'm saying is that just can't happen. And it did. The Chiefs fans keep calling, saying, I don't want to go on the air. I just know the fix was in. He is Charles Robinson. Wait, this
0: is breaking news
1: to me. The league fixed it, so that the manual. Welcome to my world. This
0: is my world, bitch. That's what you're I don't know
1: if you guys said this yet or not. Email. Opening to your 20 show 20 feels 20 a little 20 off. 20 Maybe you can 20 blast 20 some 20 country 20 music on the CBS. <laughs> Let me tell you something. All of you poking fun, y'all think you could roll? You think you can this? Oh, I can't hear myself think. You morons can't even make phone calls. A very good friend of the program. He is Tom Curran. I have. To consider the program a very good friend of mine. Oh yeah. Still
0: didn't get him. Oh my goodness! How did he
1: get him? Jones had him twice. This is who Joe Burrow is. This is what this guy does. You imagine this guy leading a four-win Bengals team, not only to the Super Bowl, but a win? What? Can I get you something to drink? That's What kind of vodka you have? He goes, I don't know. It's some craft vodka. I said, fine. I get that craft vodka. Comes out finally. Pass. Tell me take it day by day. I guess we could run it all back all over again. I guess we could graduate him all over again. You know, like, say goodbye to a guy at the party a second time. Shaka Smart is my guest. Can you be lost in the fight 24-7? Well, Jim, you're lost in the fight
0: when you do your radio show.
1: What we're talking about is being present.
0: Just being able to kind of clear out some of the clutter that the past and the future tends to create in our mind and lose ourselves in the present. Punches being
1: thrown and high chairs flying. You know I was all ready to talk gold Golden Corral steak brawl this morning from what I heard it was over steak eating your own shoe would probably be more tender and tasty Darius Slay joining us and then Darius your former teammate Matthew Stafford is going to the Super Bowl you called it too
0: everybody's just always been like Stafford can't never get over the hump this hump that you know he put us on our back every day every week seven comebacks in one year it was crazy I'm hoping he win that thing man
1: Belichick and I quote sorry I effed this up in other words oh Excuse, oh, excuse me, me my, my bad. bad. Never oh. happened, my bad. Oh, I'm sure you'll get me, the next bad. one. Just deleted, I'm sorry, swear. my bad. Michael McCann, does he actually have to win at trial or is getting to Discovery a huge win? Yeah, great question, Jim. It, it's the latter. I mean, this
3: this is probably never going to go to trial. If it goes to Discovery, suddenly it's super threatening to the league.
1: Stucknut. Stucknut.com. What time are you going to be at Kit's place tonight in Huntington Beach? Because me and Pulidoch are going to be there. No, I will not <laughs> be there tonight. I will be there all night. And uh, why don't you slam that into your take box. The
3: ultra-amiable pool physician. Silk bag. Very possibly the next governor of your beloved state of Cali. Oh, come on. We
1: are joined by Josh McDaniels. Hey, Jim, it's great to be with you. Uh, It has been a minute, but super excited for this opportunity. It's really exciting.
0: I don't want them to become
1: something so powerful
0: as our government. What do you think about that? Hello Kitty is a little
3: girl is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard.
1: Demario Davis. So Sean Payton recently announced that he was going to step away from coaching. To be able to win and create that type of atmosphere is
0: rare,
3: and it really just speaks to how great of a coach he is, and he's definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame
1: one. Anyway, Jerry West deserves a hell of a lot better. Apologize to this guy and make it right. Come on, man. They're showing my guy Eldon Campbell more respect. They're showing Eddie Jones more respect. They're showing Nick Van Exel more oh, yeah, respect. Chris Harris Jr. Exactly. joining me. Who gave you the most challenges and problems and why?
3: Mm. That's a good one right there. I'm going to have to go with Big Ben. Hmm. Big Ben. I wanted to tell you about the time that I met OJ and Al Callen. My buddy stands up and
1: said, hey, how about a picture? Ah. And then, let me guess, Marcus (laughs) Allen bought you guys drinks. Ah. Matt Gay joining us. Exactly what's going through your mind in those seconds before you swing your leg? Uh...
0: Nothing. Not Steve Kerr. Not Greg Popovich. Not your fa- your favorite's favorite is Ty Lue. You know this is my favorite spot. Great to have you back. See Appreciate you, next, you. Please,
1: buddy. Have you ever once heard me reference on my own? What's my name? A happy ending. Love what you do, man. Thank you. It's a dynasty. Clones. You know how we do it. Slice bread. Live with less experience, more. Help J. Stewart without the nicks and cuts of a blade.
0: And
2: I will go down till the end. Thanks so
1: much for doing, it, man. Have a great weekend. Oh, uh, you have a better
2: one. Good night now. <laughs> Good night now!